You're listening to the Ascension Roundtable Podcast, Episode 49, How to Make Jesus Your Priority. Juggling work, family, and friends can make life feel too busy to squeeze in anything but Sunday Mass and then ministry obligations. But the key to increasing your faith and bearing fruit, despite all the hustle and bustle, involves one simple but difficult change of heart. Here's the thing. We should only have one priority, and that is Christ. Instead of trying to squeeze time with Christ into our busy lives, we should schedule the rest of our life around time spent with Him. In today's episode, Father Josh gives you several concrete steps you can take to make Jesus the most important relationship in your life. And he explains how no matter how hard you try to serve Him, you won't be happy until you truly know Him. Hello and welcome to the podcast. My name is Alan. I am joined in studio today with Mr. Tom McCabe, who is up from Atlanta, Georgia. Hello, Tom. Hey, Alan. It's good to it's good to be here. I came in last night, um, right at the end of the um, the Phillies Minnesota game. Yeah, had a lot of green on the plane. It was kind of a party. Come oh, on, yeah. Up. So that was fun. Philadelphia takes their uh, football very seriously. Ah, they do indeed. The poor guy that was a uh, Minnesota fan on there got a lot of trash. <laughs> I bet. Trash talk. <laughs> and we're joined today uh, with Father Josh Johnson, who you may, if you've seen any of our, or some of our programs, uh, specifically you and Alteration or our video, which came from Alteration, I will follow. Father Josh Johnson is the video in one of the videos in that video. One of the priests in that video as well. <laughs> English is the only language I speak. You'd think I'd be better at it than I am. <laughs> so, Father Josh, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing great, brother. How are you? I'm doing well, real well. Uh, Father Josh is a, is a pastor at Holy Parish, Holy Rosary Parish <laughs> in the Diocese of Baton Rouge, Louisiana. So it's a little warmer down there than it is today. What's the temperature for you guys? Um, it's I, I think like 70 right now, maybe. Wow. 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 Yeah. Last week we were down to like 19 and we're already up to 70. And I think tonight we're going back down to 30. So it's pretty crazy. Really? Yeah. Yeah. But then tomorrow it gets back to like 70 again. So we just have crazy weather. Wow. That is crazy. Are those, is that normal to down there? Those jumps of, I, I wouldn't think they would be that often. No, no, no. Normally it's pretty consistent, whatever it is, but uh, we had, it's raining right now. So I think the rain is going to bring it down and then. You know how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like Atlanta. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so Father Josh is also uh, works. Uh, he's a, the. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna get this wrong. The co co chair for the commission on racial harmony. Thank you for the diocese. Diocese of Baton Rouge. There you go. He travels the country, sharing his witness and and the healing power of Christ. He's spoken at. Steubenville conferences, Romanian families, and um, all kinds of places around the country. He's a great, great guy. Um, so before we get started with our um, talking with him, just a couple of things for our listeners. Um, if you haven't been to our website recently, please go and check it out. Um, we've dropped the press. We're now just Ascension. And uh, our website has been rebranded along with the, the company for that matter. And we've just released our Joy-Filled Marriage uh, program, which uh, Tom was a, an author on and uh, fulfilled with uh, Sonia Corbett, who you may rem- remember we interviewed a little while ago on the podcast and we'll be interviewing again coming up. So look forward to that. Um, so you can go check those out. You can, it says now become a member, which is basically the same thing as, as starting an account. It's a free process. It's free to join. 
Um, you can become a member today and preview all of our studies for free. So as always, we want to hear from you guys. So we want to read a question that, um, or part of an email actually that a, a fellow named Philip wrote in and we want to read what he wrote and a question on uh, ministering to the whole person. And then uh, Father Josh, I'm going to let you just kind of feel this question because this is right up, uh, right up your alley. So, so here we go. So from Philip, he says, I hope this message finds you well. I recently began ministry in the church and have been finding the Ascension Roundtable conversations quite valuable as I try to figure out how to do ministry well. I am grateful for the topic topics you present, the insight you and those you interview offer, and the provocative questions you raise. As I listen to many of these, an issue that has come up a couple of times is expanding and understanding of formation. People I have encountered and you've interviewed have touched on this, mentioning that formation isn't just intellectual, but should really embrace more of the whole of a person. So, Father Josh, as a, um, how do you keep the whole of a person at the forefront of your ministry as a parish priest when you do spiritual direction and counseling? Yeah, well, I mean, I think it all comes down, everything comes down to, to our intimacy with the person, Jesus. We have to be able to bring everything to Jesus Christ crucified. Um, and so in all of my ministry, I always prioritize the spiritual life, um, particularly um, helping people learn how to talk to Jesus in prayer and how to, how to hear Jesus in prayer because Jesus Christ, uh, he's a person. He, he's the second person of the Trinity. And the more people come to know Jesus Christ in prayer, the more he will reveal them to themselves as well um, and be able to show them um, where they're doing really well at and their walk toward eternity. And then also he can show them where he's calling them to get stretched a little bit more um, in their mm-hmm. in their head, in their intellectual formation, but also in their heart and their ability um, to, re- to relate to him and the rest of the body of Christ. Well, that's great. Comment, sure. Tom? So yeah. hey, if I could build on that, Padre, just for a second, like uh, you talked about you know, everything boils down to this intimacy with Christ and everything flows from that. So speak to um, you can speak to me. Uh, in other words, when you think of those, mm-hmm. the analogy in Scripture, not the analogy, just the story in Scripture of, of Martha and Mary, right? Yes, my favorite. And, and I mean, um, I want so much to be Mary. At the feet of Jesus, but I'm a Martha. Mm-hmm. Okay, whether I like it or not. In other words, I got all the. I, I'm, mm-hmm. How 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 does the busy person then? I, I want to be that way, but then I get so excited to do God's work, and I want to go out and do things. And I'm okay, Jesus. Just a minute. Just a minute. I'll, I'll get to you in a minute. Okay. I I, I really want to talk to you, mm-hmm. but hey, I got some exciting things I need to get done right now. And um and so this uh, the you know the the doer comes out in me. And how do we prioritize? This. Yeah, that's it. So I'm a doer as well. And so what works for me is in order for me to be consistent with Jesus, I have to prioritize him on my calendar. Right. So for a lot of us mm-hmm. who, who enjoy to do work for the church, a lot of us are involved in ministry. Sometimes the ministry can become our God and that can become an idol. And so to protect ourselves from just doing, doing, doing without receiving from the Lord first, what's super important is that we uh, prioritize the person, Jesus Christ, on our calendar. A very simple way that that I do this is uh, by following this method called the five W's. Uh, every single Sunday, I look at my calendar. Every Sunday, and then I, I look at my calendar for the following week, and I and I write down uh, when, where, what, who, and why. When am I going to spend time with Jesus on Monday? I'm a, and I put down I'm going to spend time with Jesus on Monday from 5 a.m. to 6 a.m. And then where? And I put down hang out with Jesus from 5 a.m. to 6 a.m. in my chapel. Then what? What am I going to do with Jesus during that time? And it's important that we know what we're going to do during our time of prayer, 
because if we don't go in already prepared, then sometimes we can spend the whole time in prayer thinking about what should I be doing? Mm. And then we waste that time with Jesus as opposed to going in prepared to to be intimate with the Lord. So I might put down on Monday from 5 a.m. to 6 a.m. in my chapel, I'm going to pray with the sacred scriptures using Lexio Divina. And then who? Who's a friend of mine that can hold me accountable? Who can call me and ask me, were you faithful to prayer? If we don't have accountability, sometimes we, we might not do what we're supposed to do. And this, this is with everything in life, not just with prayer, but with ministry, with relationships, um, with, with chastity and everything else. Um, and then why? Why am I prioritizing Jesus Christ on my calendar on Monday morning from 5 a.m. to 6 a.m. training Lexio Divina? And why did I reach out to an accountability partner? And, and I think it, we're all going to have our own different reasons why, but we each come up with the reason why is because well, I don't want to um, do anything I'm not supposed to do. You know, sometimes we can do a lot of good things that God never asked us to do. Um, and because we do so many good things that God never asked us to do, we do them very poorly. Um, so Mother Teresa would always say part of the discernment is is prioritizing the one thing. And, and the one thing that we're supposed to prioritize is the person, Jesus. And that's what Mary did. Mary sat at the feet of Jesus. Um, what Martha was doing was um, she was doing work that God never asked her to do. And because she was doing all this work that God never asked her to do, she became very anxious and frustrated and and, uh, and she just wasn't happy. Now, if she would have j- just simply sat at the feet of Jesus, he could have told her, hey, Martha, I I I gave you the gift of work. I gave you the charisma of hospitality. But right now, I don't want you to use it. I want you to use that charisma later in the day. I mean, and then she would have been at peace. But so often, because we don't intentionally prioritize Jesus on our calendar, especially for those of us in ministry, we have to do this. Um, so often we go through unnecessary headaches uh, because we are not prioritizing the one thing. And so I think it's very simple. We just have to put him on the calendar um, so that we can actually know where and how he's calling us to to act today and then to and then on Tuesday do the same thing Wednesday the same thing and every single day he needs to be on our calendar first and foremost um, and, and I think whenever he's on our calendar and we prioritize that time with him then he orders the steps for our day but whenever we try to do work without him man I, I can tell you from experience uh, we can do some good work but interiorly we will be so frustrated um, and, it, and it won't go as well as it could have gone if we would have opened ourselves up to God's grace sounds like a whole season of my life doing doing his work but being frustrated <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it seems mm-hmm. so simple but yet we don't do that and how often do we make lunch dates with friends or put something on our calendar you know the McCabe's are coming over Tuesday night or something like that but we don't I don't put that don't put schedule time with Jesus on my calendar that's so simple yeah and it, and it makes everything, you know, I, I tell my students when I was at LSU and now I tell my parishioners all the time, desire is not enough. It's not enough to desire to have an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. It's not enough to desire to be a saint. We have to be practical. And so if you're not practical, if you don't have accountability partners and you're not putting them on the calendar, um, whenever I just plan on praying later in the day, later in the day it never happens because as, as we know in ministry, unexpected things will come up all the time. All the time. And so if we don't have him on the calendar um, as an intentional appointment, then it's just not going to happen. Because by the time we get home late at night and ministry's done, we're so exhausted. We're not able to enter into a deep intimacy with Jesus. Um, we're, we're, we're so frustrated with all these things that have happened throughout the day that it's just very difficult to sit at his feet and rest, to really rest, you know, and our minds racing. And so um, another thing that's it's healthy to do is to when we have that time with Jesus, um, if we, especially if we prioritize it in the morning, to have our phone on airplane mode, to not check emails or text messages before we go into prayer, because all those things can become distractions. All of a sudden, if I go into prayer after checking an email about someone who needs me to minister to them, well, now I'm thinking about that person the whole time. 
And so what I find to be helpful for me is to completely avoid my cell phone whenever I'm entering into prayer because it will always distract me. A text message will come through and all of a sudden my mind is distracted. And so I have to avoid um, those those unnecessary distractions that can take me away from intimacy with Jesus uh, in prayer. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Great yeah. practicals. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that leads right into our uh, our our uh, conversation today. Um, when we asked you what you wanted to convey to our listeners, you said, um, and I quote, I want to convey the need to prioritize Jesus in our parishes and diocese through intentional focus on prayer and adoration in the word of God. And so that is like, yes, that's perfect for uh, what we want to talk about today. So, so I'd love for you to give um, like, and you may have just, I think you just gave two of those or maybe all five of the W's, but first of all, let me ask you, why was that the first thing, the immediate thing that you thought of when, um, when we asked you what you wanted to speak about? Why was that the first thing that popped into your head? Yeah, because I've seen transformation happen in in each one of my parish assignments. I've actually seen transformation happen whenever we prioritize Jesus in scripture and prioritize Jesus in Eucharistic adoration. Uh, I've seen good people. And I, I'm going to be honest. Most people that are volunteering for the church and working in the church are really good people and they have great hearts. Um, but if we're honest with ourselves, um, a lot of us um, – were never formed in the spiritual life. We were never formed in this uh, in intentional relationship with Jesus Christ, this personal living vital relationship with the Lord. And so we're good people doing good things, but because we're not um, rooted in a real devoted relationship with Jesus, sometimes um, our, our, our ministries aren't doing what they could be doing. Um, they're not bearing the fruit that they could be bearing. I, I just, I got one of my parish assignments. I had a woman who was involved in every ministry and she was faithful and she was coming to daily mass, but she never learned how to pray. And so she came up to me one day and she said to me, you know, father, in your homilies, you keep talking about scripture and praying with the word of God. But she said, no one ever taught us how to pray with the Bible. She said, no one ever taught us how. And so it really revolutionized my priesthood because then I began to focus a lot of my homilies and a lot of my formation on how to actually pray on different methods of prayer, of ways of encountering the person Jesus. And when I began to do that, I saw people um, grow not only in their ministries, but also morally. Right. Because the more people come to encounter Jesus, their morals change. I think a lot of people grew up in our churches knowing about Jesus. Right. We, we went to PSR, our CCD, our religious education, and we know about him. We know about the Ten Commandments. We know about the Beatitudes, about the seven deadly sins. But we don't actually know him. And there's a huge difference between mm-hmm. knowing God and knowing about God. Uh, one thing that brought this home for me recently was um, uh, growing up, I had the biggest crush on Mariah Carey. Um, <laughs> and you might be thinking, where are you going with this, Father Josh? Just, just try to stay with me. Um, I had the biggest crush on Mariah Carey. Uh, and then when I got to high school, I had a bigger crush on Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> and it kind of shocked me when I found out that Mariah Carey and Jennifer Lopez were not friends with each other. And and I remember thinking, maybe they're not friends because they heard that I went from liking Mariah to liking Jennifer and Mariah got jealous. I don't know. And uh, but what happened was one day Mariah Carey was doing this interview on the red carpet and someone asked her, uh, what do you think about Jennifer Lopez? And Mariah Carey said, I don't know her. And it became this huge thing where everybody was saying, oh, man, Mariah Carey is throwing shade at Jennifer Lopez, blah, 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 whatever. And so like 10 years went by and 10 years later, she was doing an interview and the, the guy asked her, why did you say that you did not know Jennifer Lopez? Everybody knows Jennifer Lopez. She was signed to her record label by your ex-husband. Of course, you know who she is. And Mariah said something very profound that always stuck with me. She said, you asked me if I know Jennifer Lopez. She said, I don't 
know her. She said, now, if you ask me, do I know about her? Right? Do I know that she's an actress and a model and a singer and a dancer? Yeah, I know all those things about her, but I've never met the woman in my life. Therefore, I don't know her. You know, my fans know about me, but they don't know me. And I, and I thought that's so true. So many of us know about Jesus and we, we go to do ministries and work for the church because of, you know, about him. But we never actually took time to get to know him. And the only way that we can really know him is if we prioritize him on our schedule and spend time with him. Right. The same way that we prioritize friends, if we actually speak with him and listen to him and the way that we way we speak to him is from our heart and we listen to him through the word of God. That's his voice. If we look at him, the way we look at him is in Eucharistic adoration, um, actually spending time to gaze on his face um, and allowing him to look at us. Right. That, that takes time. And, and when we do that, we can really get to know his heart and, and really know him. And he knows us. He, well, obviously, he knows us no matter what, because he created us. But but the more that we we spend time with the person, man, that's what's transformative. You know, all the saints had a real relationship with Jesus. They, they knew him, even if it was for a short time, like Dismas. The good thief on the cross, he knew Jesus for three hours, but man, those three hours transformed him into Saint Dismas, you know? And so it, there's a huge difference that I think we need to emphasize in our, in our ministry with our volunteers and with our staff. Um, and, and the emphasis should be on, we need to prioritize making sure that we all spend time with him, intentional time with him so that we can actually know him because when we know him, he transforms everything. Hmm. Wow. So good. So good. So if I were to ask you to give me three ways that um, our listeners could, could do that, you've, you've, you give us one, put him on your calendar, yeah. um, turn off your cell phone before you go spend time with him. What will be a third tip for people to, um, if they're going to... Um, bring coffee. Bring coffee with you when you pray. Yeah. Fulton Sheen says you should never pray without coffee, I think, right? Um, yeah, so definitely like to uh, prioritize them on the calendar, uh, turn the, turn the cell phone off. Um, the fi- and the, with the five W's, I'll say have accountability partners to check on you. Whenever we have someone holding us accountable, uh, we actually do it. it. It's a lot of people come up with new year's resolutions, our Lenten practices to pray more, to spend more time with Jesus. And within a week we stop. But whenever someone is intentionally checking on us, uh, th- there's something about the body of Christ holding us accountable. We're all in community with each other. A, a lot of you know, people I work with who struggle with pornography, I'm, I always recommend Covenant Eyes um, because the good thing about Covenant Eyes is it, it holds us accountable. Like the, the body of Christ is like someone else knows what you're looking at, when you're looking at it, what, what you know, whatever. And, and when we know that someone else is aware of what we're doing, it, it kind of keeps us in check. And so to, to be honest with at least one or two friends and vulnerable with those people. Um, but during that time, I would say, obviously, um, you know, the, the church has always up, upheld Lexio Divina um, a, a, as one of the highest forms of prayer to, to encounter Jesus. And, uh, and, and recently I began uh, to pray the rosary differently um, uh, because of Lexio Divina. Um, so there's Blessed Paul VI. He was obviously one of our popes back in the day before I was born. And, um, <laughs> and he, he said that we should pray the rosary by uh, listing an attribute of Jesus after hmm. after his name. And so um, when we know how to pray Lexa Divina, which is where we take the word of God and we read the passage, what does it say? And 
we meditated on it. What is it saying to me? We pray. We have a conversation with God just from our heart about what it says to me. Uh, contemplate. We sit with God in, in silence and allow him, allow him to look at us as we look at him. And then we come up with an action. Basically, if we pray with the scripture before the decade of the rosary, that can help us to actually enter deeper into the mystery. And then when we pray the mystery, uh, we will say, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. And then we'll say, Who? Or whose, and it would be something like this: um, Who uh, worked the very first miracle in the history of the of, of of his ministry at the request of his blessed mother Mary at the wedding of Cana, and that that helps us to enter deeper into the the mystery. And then we'll say, um, Who transformed water into wine? Who? And we just keep going deeper and deeper during that time of prayer, and that that enables us to keep our mind focused on Jesus, because sometimes when we pray. It's easy to give into distractions and all of a sudden we're not focused on Jesus, even with the rosary. So when we pray out loud, if, if, if it's in our time of prayer uh, away from other people, I would never say pray out loud whenever you're in the chapel with people because that would be distracting. But if you're by yourself praying, uh, pray out loud so that we know exactly what we're saying and who we're saying it to. And, and, and we're, we're making sure that we're prioritizing our our conversation on the person, God, and not on ourselves. Um, one more thing. Another huge thing that I, I try to encourage people to stay away from during their time of prayer, especially during adoration is, um, and, and y'all heard me say this, I think at the Ascension conference we had earlier this year or last year is, is to avoid navel gazing, avoid navel yeah. gazing, especially in adoration. I mean, there's a time and a place for, for navel gazing and that's called spiritual direction. You know, like bring this up to your spiritual director, but whenever we're in our personal prayer, uh, avoid focusing on your, on ourselves. Uh, there's a mystic Gabrielle Bosis or Bosis. I don't know how to say her name, uh, but she had these mystical locutions of Jesus. And one time he asked her, he said, who is your God, me or you? And she said, of course, you're my God. And he said, so why are you thinking about yourself in prayer more than you're thinking about me? Mm-hmm. And, and that's always struck me that sometimes we can go into prayer and completely focus on ourselves and focus on our problems and on our worries. And the Lord's just like, look, look at me. Like all I'm asking for is one hour. Like we have the rest of, your, of the day to talk about you in, in the ministry. But like right now, just, just focus on me and how much I love you and, I, and, and, and stuff like that. And I think whenever we um, focus on Jesus in prayer, which Lexio Divina helps us to focus on Jesus, uh, that, that really somehow just transforms everything in the rest of our, of our day in ministry. That's that's really good. You know, Father, you know, I, I, I hate gazing on belly button fuzz. Every time I try to, it just, yeah, it's not very attractive. Uh, th- that's a great point. And, you know, about three months ago, I started doing what you, you just mentioned, where in, in the rosary, where I, I meditate on an attribute of Jesus right after I say his name, and it has transformed the rosary for Dude, me. isn't it awesome? It is. It is trans. It has transformed uh, how I pray the rosary. So I taught my parishioners that in, in, in two homes. Was recent. I did it for a daily mass homily, and so many people gave me awesome feedback on that, on how the rosary finally was um, helping. They were actually able to, to like meditate on Jesus now because they they admitted that sometimes they were praying the rosary um, with vain repetition. You know, they were just saying Hail Mary, Hail Mary, yeah. Hail Mary, and and they and there was no growth. And so they they admitted that when they began to actually focus on Jesus, that it was transforming their time of prayer. So I, I did that for. A Sunday homily for the entire parish. And once again, like the feedback was amazing. People were just saying, Father, we never knew that even some people didn't know we we're supposed to be meditating on Jesus in the rosary. They just thought it was a bunch mm-hmm. of Hail Marys. And so it was just so cool to see that. And then what happens from that, the fruit of that, the fruit of good prayer um, isn't, you know, feelings and it isn't uh, mystical locutions or levitation. The fruit of authentic prayer um, is virtue. 
and, and people become more patient, they recognize, because the more we spend time with the person, the more we're going to act like that person. And so the more we spend time with Jesus, the more we begin to manifest the, the virtues that Jesus talks about, that, that St. Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 7. We become more patient. We become more kind. Uh, we don't brood as much. We're not jealous. We're not envious. Uh, we, we rejoice in, in the good. And it's not because we're attempting to become more virtuous. It's simply because we're spending time with Jesus that he rubs off on us. And, and, and all of a sudden people begin to notice, why are you so patient right now? Like all these things are going bad in your life. Your ministry is really struggling right now. How come you're so patient? Uh, nobody's volunteering to help you out with, with religious education. And you're like, I don't know. I guess, I mean, I've been really faithful to focusing on Jesus in prayer. And he just does it without telling us, you know, like the Lord, there's no way that we can pray without the, without God giving us so much grace, even without letting us know what kind of graces he's given us. Hmm. Um, well, so building on that just for a second, Father, because you're right, you've given us great practicals for, you know, how to prioritize. But let's go back to that question, why? In other words, okay, I'm a Martha type personality. I start doing this. But I'm not exp- I'm not getting the consolations. Like it's just dry. Like I just sit mm-hmm. there. Like maybe I am doing navel gazing. What does prayer do for us? You you talked about it. It it helps us to grow in virtue. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's just say I'm there and I don't feel like God, I'm getting anything out of it. So if our listeners, the guys who are working in the trenches, what can they tell people regarding? Okay, what will what will if I if I commit to this, what else will I see in, in my life? What are the fruits? Yeah. What's going to happen? Well, there's going to be interior peace. I mean, I, I would lie to you if I said every time I prayed, it was amazing and it, like fireworks were going off. Uh, but when I've not when I've not prioritized prayer, when I prioritize ministry over prayer um, and, and in my priesthood, I've done that on, on, on occasions, especially in my, in my first year as a priest. Um, I would prioritize all my students and their needs, uh, even if that meant cutting my prayer time short. And in those times where I cut my prayer time short, I wasn't in there was no peace. There was no peace. Um, so the, the why I think all of us ultimately we want to be happy. If we're just going to be honest with ourselves, I mean, certainly we want to be saints, and, but we all want to be happy. Every single human person we desire, we long to be happy. We long to be fulfilled. And the only way we're going to be happy is if we just prioritize Jesus on our calendar, even in the midst of extreme dryness, even when it's not fun, even when there's, uh, you know, St. Teresa of Avila, she's a doctor of the church. She's a saint. She, she said this about prayer. She said for years when she would go. And so this, if this is anybody in ministry now, don't feel bad about yourself. You're not alone. St. Teresa of Avila said she would go into prayer and she would long to uh, do any severe penance, like the most severe penance over spending time in meditation and prayer because it was so boring. She would look at the, the <laughs> clock the entire time she was in the chapel. This is a nun who's a doctor of the church telling us this. So we're not alone if we feel this way. But the reality is, is she still went. She still went. And because she still showed up, God gave her the grace to persevere. And, 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 and she manifested um, virtue. Like she really did manifest virtue. And it was it was her virtue that inspired people. It wasn't her locutions of her ecstasy with Jesus that, that inspired people to want to be a religious, that are inspired people to want to uh, walk with Jesus and become a saint. It was when they encountered her person, they noticed that she was different. There was something different about her. And, and it, when we pray as well, people will notice something different about us. And we'll notice it as well. We'll notice that we're happier. And if we don't prioritize, I mean, and, and I would say this, uh, practice, do this for a week. 
for a week, don't prioritize prayer. And I'm not trying to send you to hell. But what I'm saying is just don't and see the fruit. See how miserable you're really going to be. Prioritize ministry. Prioritize everything good thing. Prioritize good friendships. Prioritize good work to do. And just don't prioritize prayer and see how miserable it is that week. And then take a week and prioritize God. Prioritize God first and foremost every single day. Just every day for one week. And notice the difference it makes. Even dry prayer, just even if it's you're just sitting there with God. You know, one of the Beatitudes is blessed are the meek. Um, the meek don't know what the heck is going on. We just show up. We just we're like, oh, God, I don't know what you're saying. I don't know what you're doing. I'm just sitting here in the chapel, and I'm. But the fact that we're just sitting in the chapel and not know, we don't know what's going on. God's doing something, and all of a sudden we're going to notice that week went by, and man, that week that I prioritized that really dry, boring prayer. Oh, whoa. Whoa, it was so peaceful. <laughs> it was so peaceful in the midst of the chaos of my ministry. But whenever we don't, man, I promise you, it, it will get bad. <laughs> so I should stop praying to levitate because I've been working on that for months and I got nothing, man. I'm so rooted yeah, in the ground. Uh uh-uh, uh, don't, yeah, no, uh uh-uh, <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's not it. It's, it's really about virtue. There, when I was in my first year of seminary, I went on a retreat because, you know, growing up, I love the mystics. And so I, 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 when I had my conversion, I really, began to follow Padre Pio and St. Faustina and all the mystics of the church. And so I really had this false understanding of holiness. And I thought holiness meant I'm supposed to have the stigmata um, by a few years into my relationship with Jesus. And I mean, I literally, I would like look at my hands like, oh, or, you know, if, I, if my stomach started hurting, I would think maybe I'm getting pierced in the heart right now. By God. You know, it was, it was so unhealthy. And, uh, and I went on this retreat and this, and this priest said that to me. He said, he said, the fruit of holiness isn't all those things because, you know, even the devil can mimic, you know, those things and, and, and give those things to people. He said, the fruit of holiness is, is, is simply virtue, right? Uh, you're going to be able to forgive people more. You're going to be more patient with people. You're going to persevere in your relationship with people. Uh, you're going to persevere in your, in your time committed to Jesus. That's, that's the fruit of, uh, of a relationship with Christ, not all this extra stuff. Uh, and even St. John the Cross would encourage us to, to try not to focus on those things because they can become distractions mm. from the person, Jesus. You know, he wants to be our idol. He wants to be our everything. And so often uh, the good things can become our idol. You know, whenever we're thinking about ministry more than we're thinking about Jesus, that's a problem. Yeah. That's a big problem. Yeah. It's amazing how fast the time goes by. I was just looking at the clock and I was like, oh my gosh, it's been like, it's been a while. And I, and I just was kind of like lost in the conversation. So um, I was going to have some more stuff I wanted to talk to you about, but I don't want to you know, you know, try to hear a podcast. So very digestible period for our listeners. So, um, so with that, we're going to have to um, probably going to have to, what feels like cutting it short, but it probably isn't. But uh, I've enjoyed this time with you. So thank you so much thank, again for thank you for having me. for being <laughs> here. Yeah. Um, so again, you can check out Father Josh on uh, you or Alteration or I will follow uh, videos. You can see Father Josh and his his uh, his beautiful face as he's um, dropping wisdom on everybody in the videos. Um, if you want to contact us, you can at Ascension Roundtable at ascensionpress dot com. Please send us your questions. We would love to give you some feedback. Um, Mr. Tom McCabe, do you have any parting words for everybody today? No, hey, Father, it's always uh, a joy. I, I, I'm fortunate that Father Josh and I get to talk regularly, so it's 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 a huge charge for me, right? So I had my orange juice this morning with you, buddy. <laughs> you gave me my spiritual orange juice. Thank you. Thank you all so much for having me. I love you all very much, and I pray for you all often. So it's good to be here. We do. We pray for you too. And we love you too. So thanks for what you do, and keep doing it, man. All right. God bless. You're the best. We'll see you. All right, guys. Stay tuned next week. Uh, We'll be back. Have a good day. We love you guys. Peace.